What is up, everyone? It's Quinn here, and I'm guessing that if you play fantasy football, you are someone who is shooting for upside in your fantasy football drafts. If you're drafting a running back in the first, second, third round, you want those players to have a high ceiling. You want them putting up big numbers in your fantasy football lineups. But what if I told you that I think there are five running backs that are currently being drafted as RB3s who I think have a shot to be RB1s this season in fantasy football? Upside is great when you're drafting them first, second, third round. But if you are able to find that upside in the later rounds, you know, round seven, round eight, round nine, these are going to be the players that can really lead you to a championship. So today, talking about five players that I do think have a lot of upside, but are being drafted as RB25 or later. Let's just jump right into it. We're going to be starting off with Rashad White. I'm going to be going through these players by ADP using underdog. So right now, Rashad White is being drafted as the running back 26. And Rashad White is someone that I was very high on when he was coming into the NFL. He had solid day two draft capital, was picked in the third round to the Buccaneers. He had solid size, six feet tall, 214 pounds. He had some solid college production and also just had a really impressive receiving profile from his years in college. Now, unfortunately, Rashad White's rookie season wasn't overly impressive. It wasn't terrible, but we saw Lenny kind of struggle. I believe Fournette was banged up throughout the season. So you would have liked to see Rashad White kind of take over a larger role. He was also negative in terms of rushing yards over expected, which is not ideal. But I'm kind of also willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here a little bit and just blame the usage on Byron Leftwich because we know he was kind of running that Bucks offense into the ground. But when we're looking at Rashad White and the moves that the Buccaneers have made this offseason, I've been pretty shocked at the lack of competition the Bucs have brought in for Rashad White. They released Leonard Fournette early on in the offseason. They've signed Chase Edmonds and uh, Patrick Laird. They have Keyshawn Vaughn, who is already on the roster. And then they brought in Sean Tucker as an undrafted free agent. But looking at that competition, right, Sean Tucker undrafted. I liked him as a prospect. You know, I thought he could have been drafted, but I believe there were injury concerns. So not super worried about him. Chase Edmonds was pretty miserable last season. He fell out of the rotation with the Dolphins, was traded to the Broncos midseason, and then couldn't end up carving out a role in their offense, even though their backfield was just all over the place. Looking at Patrick Laird, the dude has 244 total rushing yards in his three NFL seasons. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, also has three NFL seasons, has 342 total rushing yards. So the competition is pretty much non-existent here for Rashad White. I think there's a legit opportunity for him to have a three-down workload in this lineup. It seems like they're kind of just ready to give him this workload, see what they have. This is going to be a new offensive coaching staff. If Rashad White is able to take advantage with his receiving upside, I think he's someone who could volume his way to a running back one season. The workload could definitely be there. He just needs to go out and capitalize on it. Now, the next running back who I think could have RB1 upside is going to be James Conner. He's currently being drafted as the running back 27. And I think if I had to pick a player that I was most confident in, you know, of these five to be running back one, I think James Conner would be my guy. And it honestly sounds like a pretty easy sell, you know, once I'm laying it out. James Conner has been a running back one in each of the past two seasons. In 2021, he was the RB9 in points per game. In 2022, he was the RB10 in points per game. So you may be thinking, you know, RB27, has there been a huge shakeup with the Cardinals? Like, is he in a totally different spot? 
and it's not really the case. Like the Cardinals have made zero legitimate additions to actually compete with James Conner at the running back position. Their current running back two and three are Corey Clement and Keontae Ingram. When Connor has been healthy and, you know, without legit competition, he had Chase Edmonds for part of the season in 2021. When he's been healthy and the competition has been weak, the Cardinals have just absolutely fed him. And I just don't really see why that's going to change this season, you know, with the lack of competition around him. Once Connor got healthy towards the end of last season, in his final seven games, he averaged 17.4 carries. 4.9 targets and 19.8 PPR points per game. That is, you know, a workhorse workload that is high end, honestly, RB1 production over that small sample size. And I understand this Cardinals offense is not looking great. I get the argument that without Kyler, this offense is going to be bad. But in those seven games that I, you know, just referenced, Kyler didn't play in six of those. So it's not like he was putting up those numbers with Kyler. The majority of those games, Kyler was not involved. You know, he's probably not going to be as lucky in the touchdown department. But if you're getting that kind of workload, you are going to have success with the right volume. Running backs can thrive fantasy-wise, even if they're in trash offenses. And it's also not like Kyler's guaranteed to miss the entire season. Like he could return midway through the year. And you're still maybe getting a decent offense for, you know, the fantasy stretch, the back half of the season. I think Connor is a serious value here. They give him that workload. He is pretty much a lock to outperform this RB27 ADP. Now, the next running back that I think has some RB1 upside is going to be Javante Williams. He's currently being drafted as the running back 29, and it's clear that his current ADP is being weighed down by his ACL tear. Now, I'm going to be totally honest. The injury is definitely concerning, especially because it wasn't like a clear ACL tear. There was other damage to his knee. Like this is much closer to the uh, J.K. Dobbins injury than it is to Brees Hall's, which was just a clean ACL. However, the reports on Javante Williams' recovery have been very positive. I know there was like originally a quote from Sean Payton where he expected uh, Javante to be good to go for training camp. When I heard that, I just thought it was coach speak, optimism, all of this stuff. Like, I really didn't put a ton of weight into that statement. Now we're getting reports that Javante himself is expecting to be cleared. Now, obviously, or that would be cleared before training camp. Now, there's obviously no guarantee that this happens, but the fact that there are so many positive reports out there, you know, makes it seem a little bit promising. And this is just a spot where we're shooting for upside. So if Javante is active week one, this RB29 price tag is going to be an absolute steal. This is the same running back who was being drafted at the 2-3 turn last season. He was being drafted as if he was going to deliver RB1 production to your lineup. Looking at the Broncos this season, I'd imagine they want to be more run heavy than they were last year. They've made some upgrades on the offensive line. Also, we saw Russ struggle last year. I'm guessing Sean Payton kind of wants to take some of the pressure off of him this season rely on the run game. I know they brought in Samaje Pirine and he's like a solid, you know, probably like a high-end backup running back. But if Javante Williams actually gets healthy, like I don't think he's going to be competing with Samaje Pirine. Like I feel like a healthy Javante is going to clear Samaje Pirine pretty easily. So once again, I'm not saying it's a guarantee he's going to be good to go, healthy. Like it's possible this injury lingers and he's never really 100% throughout the season. That is a possibility. But if Javante can get healthy, I think this is a spot where he can succeed. And I do think the upside is going to be there. Now, my fourth running back being drafted as an RB3, I think could be a running back one. It's going to be James Cook. 
He's being drafted as the running back 30 and full transparency. Like I've never really been a huge James Cook guy. Wasn't super high on him after the draft. I was kind of surprised the Bills spent a second round pick on him. But this Bills running back room is pretty much a mystery at this point. And I do think that if one of their running backs can stand out, they're going to be very valuable for fantasy football. So there are kind of like four main running backs to look at on the step chart. It's going to be James Cook, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, and Naheem Hines. Now, the overall consensus seems to be this is going to be some sort of split between uh, James Cook and Damian Harris. I definitely think that's possible. I don't think it's like the lock that some people are assuming it is. I think there's probably going to be a battle between Damian Harris and Latavius Murray to even just like stay on the roster. Like I do think one of those guys is going to be gone because I do believe they have another running back that they keep on for uh, special teams. So I think one of those guys is going to have to go. Looking at Cook's rookie season, he definitely didn't light it up. Like he was solid in his opportunities, but had a pretty small workload, only averaged 5.3 carries per game, 1.9 targets per game. But this is still the guy that the Bills went out, spent second round draft capital to bring him in. So I'm guessing they want to at least see him in somewhat of an expanded role. I feel like there's this perception out there that the Bills running back position is just like not a great spot for fantasy. And I, you know, agree that it hasn't been over the last few years, but I kind of disagree with the fact that it's just like, oh, Bills running backs, they're not going to be good for fantasy. And I just think it's because they haven't really had a strong running back paired with Josh Allen, right? Like they're rolling out Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, and we're wondering why these guys are in a committee not giving you great fantasy numbers. I mean, those guys just aren't going to be blowing anyone away. You give them a solid running back, I'm sure they're going to produce fantasy-wise. Now, it's also possible that James Cook just isn't that good. But the thing is, is that if he is, he's going to have the opportunity to be the running back one on this team. We know he has receiving upside. This is one of the best offenses in the NFL. I think the upside is going to be there for him. And then the fifth and final running back that I think can be a running back one is going to be Alvin Kamara. And behind James Conner, he's probably the guy that's like right there in a player I'd be very confident in. And Kamara's ADP definitely seems to be buried because of the risk of suspension. And then also some of the Saints offseason moves. It is possible he gets hit with like a four or six game suspension from the incident he had before last season. But I mean, it's also possible that suspension just never comes. Like we were hearing the same stuff last season and the suspension just, you know, never came. And he was probably, at least earlier on in the offseason, was a value from where he ended up finishing last year. Now, there's no doubt that, you know, without the potential suspension, he would be at worst like a probably bottom tier RB2. Like if we knew he was going to be good to go, no suspension, like I don't think he'd go outside the top 24 running backs in terms of ADP. Now, the other concern I mentioned was the uh, signing of Jamal Williams and then the addition of Kendra Miller in the draft. Now, with those additions, I do think it rules out like some sort of huge three down workload for Alvin Kamara. Like I feel like we can probably kiss that goodbye. Jamal Williams or Kendra Miller, these guys are going to be eating up some carries. They're probably going to be taking the red zone work. We saw, um, or sorry, the goal line work. Like we saw Jamal Williams just totally excel in that role last season. But like a huge three down workload has never really been Kamara's path to his RB1 seasons. This is a guy who in 2020 averaged 25.1 points per game on only 12 and a half carries per game. That is a very small workload on the ground to be given you like absurd high-end RB1 production. He's been a running back throughout his career who has thrived on receiving work and efficiency. 
From 2017 to 2020, Camara's yards per carry numbers were 6.1, 4.6, 4.7, and then 5. In 2021 and 2022, those fell to 3.7 and 4. When we're looking at Camara's first four seasons, you know, the same four I just referenced, he averaged 0.97 touchdowns per game, so pretty much a touchdown a game throughout his first four seasons in the NFL. Over the past two seasons, that has fallen to under half a touchdown per game at 0.46 touchdowns per game. Now, it's possible that Kamara is just not the same player he was three, four years ago. It's possible he's regressing. It's also possible that the Saints offense he's been on over the past two years has just been a really, really tough environment to succeed in. Um, You know, I think there's legit arguments for that. The quarterback position has been a revolving door. The offensive line has not been strong. But here, heading into 2023, he's going to have a legit starting quarterback in Derek Carr. They have real weapons at the uh, wide receiver position. I do think Kamara has legit top 12 running back upside. He avoids a suspension. I feel like he has a decent shot at getting there. He actually finished as the RB13 in points per game last year. Like he was right on the outside looking in. And that was while playing on a rough offense with a revolving door at quarterback. And the dude scored only four touchdowns in 15 games. So he was wildly unperforming, underperforming in the touchdown department. And he was still almost a running back one. So I kind of feel like this is just a bet on him avoiding a suspension. And if I can draft someone as a back end RB3, and I think they just have to avoid a suspension to be an RB1, that's a bet I'm willing to make. I think Kamara has the upside. You're just, like I said, hoping he does not get suspended. So those are going to be five running back threes that I think can be RB1s this season. Rashad White, James Conner, Javante Williams, James Cook, and Alvin Kamara. Let me know, what do you think about these players? I'm not even saying like I love these guys at their price. I think I do like most of them. James Cook is probably the one I'd be most weary of, but I do think these players have some solid upside if things just kind of break right for them. They have the workload that can get them there. So that's why I like these guys as upside options. Let me know what you guys think. If you enjoyed the video, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.